why I've decided to leave Orange Theory and Echelon to work for Best You Only. The biggest lesson that I've learned over the past five years, how this decision was both similar and different from when I quit my job five years ago. What I'm most excited about moving forward and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 461 with Chief Community Officer of Best You, Vanessa Harris, interviewing myself, your host, the founder and CEO of Best You, Nick Carrier. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals who are hungry for growth get closer to the best version of themselves so that they can live meaningful and impactful lives. You guys, I'm so excited because for the first time ever heading into 2023, I'm offering you to hop on a free call with me to discuss your 2023 health and fitness goals. And I want to help you get off to the right start and get off on the right foot. And we can discuss strategy. If you just go to nickcarrier.com slash free call, then we can hop on a free strategy call together to discuss where it is that you want to be, what's holding you back, and how we can make sure that we get you closer and closer to your best you and closer and closer to the healthiest version of yourself. If you want to start off 2023 on the right foot, we have got to come up with what success looks like. We have to come up with what a vision for what the healthiest version of yourself looks like. And then we can discuss strategy and you're going to head into 2023 feeling so confident. So go to nickcarrier.com slash free call to book a call with me so we can get 2023 started off on the right foot. You guys, I'm so excited about this episode today with Vanessa Harris. A lot of you guys who are here in Nashville, and even if you're not here in Nashville, you probably have been exposed to Vanessa Harris. She is unbelievable human being. She started with me as a personal training client of mine back in the summer of 2020. And ever since she has just flipped her life upside down in the best way possible. She's completely changed the trajectory of her life. As a Belmont student, she did the 10 week transformation with me one-on-one. And then after that, she started working at Orange Theory. And then after that, she got her personal training certification. And then after that, she became a Best You team member and is making major moves in her life. And I'm really excited that you get further exposure to her and for her to join for the first time on the Best You podcast because she has probably listened to more episodes of the Best You podcast than anybody, including my mother. And that's saying something. So I'm really excited to have her on the show today. But today she's going to ask me a number of questions about my decision to work for Best You Only. And so we'll discuss a little bit more of my background and everything like that in the episode. But I'm really excited for you guys to hear this one today. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. Here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with myself and Vanessa Harris. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. Today, I am jacked up to be joined by the one and only Vanessa Harris. Vanessa, just want to start by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me today. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me on. I was like, I am so excited. Literally, after having listened to so many episodes of this podcast, it feels very surreal to be on here. So thank you for having me. Let's go. Let's go. So for those of you guys listening, if you do not follow me, on social media, or if this is your first time joining the podcast, Vanessa will be interviewing me because just recently I made the announcement that I will be 
done with coaching at Orange Theory at the end of this year, 2022, and done coaching at Echelon at this year, end of 2022. And coaching at Orange Theory is something that got me into the health and fitness space in general, and that was seven years ago now. And it has been part of my life ever since. And so it's a huge decision for me to stop coaching at Orange Theory, both from a personal standpoint, emotional standpoint, and kind of a next step in my career journey. And then with Echelon, I've been coaching there since May of last year. So not great at math, but about 17, 18 months is it's been, and it's been an awesome experience as well. And this whole decision-making process has in some ways been taking place over the last four years, five years, but really more intentionally over the last handful of months. And so I wanted to bring Vanessa on to extract extract out of me some of the decision-making process on my end. But then also I think it's important for a lot of you guys out there listening who are Echelon members and taking my classes or Orange Theory members and, and taking my classes. I want you to kind of hear from me the whole decision-making process and also hear kind of how much Orange Theory and Echelon has has meant to me over the years. So anyways, uh, Vanessa has prepared to a certain degree, and so I'm going to have her take over the reins. And if you are not familiar with Vanessa Harris, start getting familiar with Vanessa Harris. Uh, but she is one of uh, the top Best You team members, and she's also probably listened to more Best You podcast episodes than anybody out there. So she knows where I've been in the past. She has a pretty good idea of where Best You is going. And so she's the perfect person to uh, conduct these questions and, and join me today. So Vanessa, take it over. All right. Um, I love it. I'm going to start by taking a little blast to the past. So I know a lot of people, you know, probably listening have been following you on Instagram and things like that. Some people might no bits and pieces of your story, but I think it's really, um, really a cool story and really kind of paves the way as we talk about what lies for best you in the future. So I'm going to see if I can give a two minute rundown, see if after having known you for about two years, how much information I have gained. (laughs) So you've always been kind of, well, you've always been a pretty active person, played sports all through high school, uh, baseball and football, and had your own personal trainer that helped you kind of hone in your skills. Um, And so you played sports all through high school, went off to UGA, um, double majored in finance and insurance. So always loved math. So that was a pretty good route to go. Um, I know your parents love that. Good, secure uh, major. Then the summer between sophomore and junior year, you were working out back home. Your personal trainer came over and asked if you'd ever consider being a personal trainer. And you're like, I don't, really know, but he was like, let's chat. So y'all started talking and decided that summer that you were going to study and get your trainer certification. So you went back to UGA, um, start your junior year as a certified trainer, um, applied for a couple jobs at different gyms, um, but didn't quite shake out there, but you kept driving past this tent, orange tent in a parking lot. And you're like, what the heck is that? Um, had Orange Theory Fitness plastered on the side, and you're like, all right, I guess one day I'll see, you know, what that's all about. So 
you know, one day you're going to work on campus, work out on campus, and you're like, I guess today might be the day. So you drew over, met Phil, who's the owner of the studio at the time that was doing pre-sales, and talked with him for about half an hour, he convinced you to come back, try a workout, you came back, loved it. So then when you went home for Christmas break, you came back a little early to start training and things like that. And kind of how you got started as an Orange Theory coach in January of your junior year. Um, and so you did all that all through college and then moved to Nashville. You'd always decided you wanted to move to Nashville, had a job lined up. It fell through. You turned them down once they were like, ah, we're not going to actually be able to move you to Nashville. So you were like, this job's not for me. So I just move anyway. Um, Cross with your buddy, Jack. Uh, let's see where we are in the story. And then a couple weeks later, you started a job um, as a recruiter for an employment company. And it took you exactly two weeks to find out this is not for me. <laughs> so you quit after two weeks. And that's kind of where I want to stop the story for a second, because that was a really big decision that you made. And so I want you to kind of Talk to me for a second about that decision and kind of what was going on through your mind when you decided you weren't going to work for that company. Yeah, I think that one of the biggest reasons that that was such a big inflection point for me is when I was in college, I always, you always hear about traditional paths that people take on their career journey. And so you just kind of either subconsciously and or consciously envision yourself going on that traditional path. And so when I majored in finance and insurance, I kind of thought that I would get a job and something in that. And I always, I never disliked the majors. I never necessarily would say I fell in love with them, but I never disliked them. So there was nothing that was like, I hate this thing. I don't want to do this thing at all. But when I started coaching for Orange Theory, I fell in love with it right away, had a huge passion for it right away, and something kind of awoke inside of me that I hadn't really necessarily had seen before, especially from the standpoint, I'll never forget in high school, I took a public speaking class, and I was deathly afraid of getting in front of people for doing a two-minute speech, and it just scared me to death, and then all of a sudden at Orange Theory, I can be in front of a lot of people, and I was still nervous and every once in a while obviously have a certain degree of nerves but nothing like it was back in high school public speaking and so this kind of insight came to me that I have this other passion and then and then as I was going through graduation I kind of knew I wanted to do something with fitness maybe long term because I fell in love with it so much but I just was like I'm not going to be an orange theory coach for 30 years so I should probably just get a job in finance and then I'll figure out what I should do in fitness long-term as I'm in finance and I'll coach Orange Theory on the side and I'll figure it out as I go. But then I'll, I'll never forget just sitting for in that job for two weeks, I continued to think about why am I wasting my time doing something now that I know I don't want to do long-term when I could just be figuring it out long-term. And the whole kind of moment of insight is that you don't need to know what long-term looks like to start acting on it. And so... When I had that realization of I don't need to know what long-term look likes to start acting on it, I was like, oh, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to go into boss's office, tell him I'm done, and move on and start figuring it out and, and painting the picture you know, one brushstroke at a time. And 
basically it was it was that insight that led me to moving on was we some we sometimes feel like we need to know step one through 99 before we take step one when most of the time you just need to know step one and then just go and then the steps will reveal itself along the way moving forward yeah that's so true that's such a good such a good insight to just get moving it's also honestly probably the hardest part i feel like of any tough decision or action is just start it's just starting so i love that um so that was back in 2017 and you started best you march of 2018 what was kind of the gap between there like what kind of led towards the founding of best you and kind of what that journey looked like yeah so when i Walked to my boss's office, told him I was done. I drove home, got changed, drove down to D1 in Cool Springs and asked them if they needed any trainers and I would drive and they didn't. And so it was kind of a process of me driving from gym to gym to gym, meeting people, seeing if anybody needed trainers because the idea was I was going to be maybe doing personal training and then a little bit of Orange Theory as well. And during that time, I just had a lot of free time on my hands, both driving a lot in the car and just being at my apartment trying to figure out what the hell it is that I'm going to do. And one of the things that I did a really good job of was utilizing that free time effectively and not being like, Ooh, I have free time. I can sit on the couch and do whatever it is, the hell it is I want to do. I utilize that free time effectively to try to gain clarity as to what my next steps could be and or should be. And so one of the things that really allowed me to gain clarity was really getting into reading, listening to podcasts, and watching YouTube videos. Like Those three things allowed me to learn so much and learn so much about myself. And that's when I started to realize how into personal development I was and into the personal growth space and just fell in love with it. And then one phrase that so many people would say was that you should get closer to the best version of yourself. And I kind of I, I kind of identified with that. And then one of the YouTube videos that I watched, a TED Talk by Simon Sinek, was all about finding your why and stress the importance of it. And a lot of people would reference that TED Talk and about how important it was. I was like, okay, if people say it's that important to find your why, then I should probably find my why. And so I started to continually just have a conversation with myself, you know, day after day, week after week, trying to figure out what my why was and the thing that I just kept coming back to was I want to get closer to the best version of myself. I just, I've never had, I think one of the biggest things with the stories that you hear with people and their why is oftentimes people say they grew up in poverty and so they wanted to buy their mom a house or they wanted to do buy their mom a car. They want to do this, they want to do that. But I didn't really identify with anything like that. But I did identify with the thing that I kept coming back to was I want to get closer to the best version of myself. But I didn't like that I was coming back to that because it was a cliche but then I realized that the reason why I didn't like coming back to that phrase, best version of yourself, is so many people would tell tell you that you should get closer to the best version of yourself, but they wouldn't tell you how. And so when I realized that people didn't necessarily tell you how to get closer to the best version of yourself, I was like, I want to figure out how I can get closer to the best version of myself and how an individual, generally speaking, gets closer to the best version of themselves. And so I think one of the things that I don't probably credit enough when it comes to the starting of Best You is me and my brother both got into personal development and personal growth 
a lot at the same time. And we would talk about articles that we would read and podcasts that we listened to and books that we would read and we'd talk about them. And then we both continued to hear about the importance of writing. And so we came up with this agreement between us saying, let's write each other a weekly article about whatever it is that we're learning or whatever it is that we read or, or listened to and just kind of an article about our thoughts on it. And we were pretty consistent with those for probably a few months. And I remember a, a little while into it, I just had downloaded all of these articles and had them all on my desktop. And I was like, I got to order organize these somehow. And so I created a folder and I was trying to identify what the name of the folder should be. And then I just created the, fo I named the folder on my computer, Best You Articles, because they just felt like they were articles about how to get closer to the best version of yourself. And so that was the first time that Best You, those words were actually popped up in my head or like materialized in some sort of way. And so there was that. And then the story you know as well was I was reading Lewis House's book, Mask of Masculinity, and the quote, the quote, by Rolf Waldo Emerson pops up of every man is in some way my superior and in that I can learn of him. And so reading that quote for whatever reason really struck me from a place of humi humility in a good way, meaning I just want to go learn from other successful people how they've gotten closer to the best version of themselves and I want to apply that myself and I want to share that with others. And so that quote was what sparked me to want to create the Best You Podcast in the first place. And so I can't remember it from a timeline perspective when I actually read that quote, but I knew that I, so I formed Best You LLC on March 27th, 2018, which is my birthday. And I think it was one of those things where it's like, your birthday is just a great day. You're feeling good. You're feeling positive. You know what? I'm going to file for that $300 LLC in the state of Tennessee. And I'll, I'll never forget uh, printing that out and just being like, whoa, let's go. That was that, well, that wasn't, that wasn't that hard. And so anyway, that's a little bit of the time in between quitting the job and starting Best You. But the main thing was just it was a very, it was a time where I had a lot of time on my hands and I was doing a lot of personal, like self-discovery through podcasting, reading, and YouTube videos. And that's where it led me. That's awesome. <laughs> had I ever told you about the Best You articles thing? Or have you, had you heard me say that before? No. No. <laughs> No, I think I think I knew something about you and your brother, like mm -hmm. riding back and forth to each other. Um, but no, I didn't know about the Best You articles. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so okay, so Best You, March twenty seventh, twenty eighteen, and then you know, fast forward to almost five years later, you're going Best You only, which is a really big decision. Now, how many? arenas have you trained in so over these like you know total seven years that you've been coaching you started at orange theory but you've had a whole lot of different kind of roles that you've taken on different fitness uh companies and things like that yeah so i did uh, first thing was orange theory and then when i moved to nashville very quickly i got a job both at Bellmead Country Club and at Hillwood Country Club, just teaching one class a week at each of those places. And those classes, basically you walk in and they're like, you can kind of do whatever you want to with the class. You can create it whatever format you want to. And so that was 
good in the sense that it forced me to be creative and kind of come up with my own style, but bad in the sense that I had never done that before. So it was just hard, but it was, it was overall good and a great learning process. So I coached some classes at some country clubs. Then I have also done tilt cycle. So I taught uh, some cycling. I did that at the country clubs too. Then I used to teach at a place called training camp, which was a little bit of everything. It was a a little cr- cr- more crossfitty, but still some hit and strength, just pure strength training. So a little bit of everything. And then now I have more recently coached at Echelon, which was some rowing classes, some treadmill classes, some strength classes. And so, and then I've done a lot of body weight training as well, both at our events and through just videos that I've created. And so, Yeah, those are the different avenues or modalities that I've trained and, and coached and taught. So, yeah. Gotcha. All right. So, let's talk about the big old decision. So, you had your decision back in 2017. That was kind of a big old life pivot. And now you're getting ready to launch into this next season, closing the chapters on all of your many training modalities and focusing just on best you and growing your business. Over these five years, so about five year difference between these two decisions, what do you feel like is, is there a difference in feeling? Is there a difference in, you know, your mindset going into it is, you know, making this decision, bringing up a lot of feelings that you had similar in 2017 what's it kind of like now that you're older and wiser yeah I like it I think that the difference the biggest difference is I have clarity on where I'm going and before I had very little clarity on where I was going and so from that standpoint I'm not sure how much more unsettled I was because of that but I had to have been a good amount more unsettled than I am now. I would say the similarity of it is feeling like your back's against the wall now. And that's something that I have continually tried to recreate for myself ever since that first time that it happened to me in 2017. When I, so when I quit that job, a phrase that I don't use very often, but a phrase that I kind of came up with in my own head about how I described myself during that time was I had an unemployed mind, meaning I was unemployed. And so I was just doing anything and everything and taking action. Like, what can I do? Like just like thinking about different businesses that I could start and think about different places I could work. And so I had an unemployed mind that forced me to be urgent and take a whole lot of action. And so, you know, it's funny. I just, created a video on Instagram story about whenever it is that you set a goal for yourself, your why, and you know this, your why needs to have two components, what you're working away from, and then also what you're working towards. And so when I quit that job back in 2017, my why really only had one of those components was what I'm working away from. And that's making sure my bank account doesn't go to zero because I was living in a place that was more rent than I should have been paying but I only had the fear of 
losing money and banking account to zero. I didn't know where the hell I was going. And so that got me to take a lot of action, but it was very sporadic and it wasn't all focused in one direction. And so now while I, pr I probably don't quite have as much of the fear component, but I have a lot more of the direction component. And so I think it's healthier to have definitely both components than just all of one. And so I think that's kind of the biggest difference between then and now is only having the motivation of fear rather than the motivation of where that where I'm going. And now I have both. But I really think there is something to be said for all of us to intentionally put our backs against the wall, intentionally find ways to create leverage for ourselves by like having that fear component at our backs. So I don't know if that's exactly what you're looking for or if that answers the question, but I think yeah, that's kind of the similarities totally. or the differences between the kind of the decisions themselves. Yeah. No, I mean, talking about the similarities of feeling like it's kind of a no turning back, no plan B kind of situation. Yeah. Put your and, back and, then like, the and then like, you know, it's, I think there were a lot, a lot had to be said for when I actually made the decision to leave the job because there was kind of like the motivation to leave the job and then the motivation to work hard after it. Like they're, they're kind of two different things, right? The motivation to leave the job was almost envisioning myself sitting there for 10 years, wasting my time, not doing something that I actually want to be doing. And so because I could kind of, I don't think I thought about it this way at the time, but because I could almost consciously or subconsciously think about how that would feel, that was like, oh God, no, I don't want to be that. I'm going to take the action and get out of it. And then after it, it was the fear of losing money really quickly that got me to take action and figure, and trying to figure out next steps in a job and stuff. So, Yeah. Well, I guess one of the differences that, that I see and we'll talk about a little bit because when you left that job in 2017, you knew it was because you didn't want to do that anymore. And as far as I know, you're not leaving Orange Theory or Echelon because of any ill feelings. Um, it's kind of a, I'm choosing to say no to something so I can put my energy into a bigger yes. And so talk to us a little bit about that and what that's been like kind of making yourself scarce <laughs> as we have said, um, so you can kind of focus in on what you're what you're wanting to do. No, I think that's a really good point. It's easy to, not easy, but it was easier in a sense to leave that job than it was to leave these jobs because it was something that I didn't like spending time doing. Granted, that I was there for two weeks, so I didn't really get a chance to really experience the job itself, but I knew I didn't want to do it versus... It's not that way with Echelon and Orange Theory. I would say that one of the biggest things that has led me to make the decision is insight into other successful people's career paths and how everybody stresses the importance of having a one focus having one thing that you're doing and continuing to somewhat experience that from my end 
meaning I know that Best You has been somewhat held back up to this point because of a lack of being able to dedicate soul focus to it. And so because I've been able to kind of feel that restriction, that has led me to making the decision a little bit easier, knowing that I just can't do certain things when there's time and energy going to other places. And one of the other things that I've really said to a lot of people as well is a couple of years ago, I mean, you know, the 10-week transformation, the very first 10-week transformation was January of 2020. And at that time, it was not called a 10-week transformation. It was called the 10-week fitness goal-setting program. And I didn't know exactly what it was. I just kind of like knew a little bit and started it. And it's continued, continually developed and been improved upon ever since. And so I say that because only as of two years ago was there really a product that Best You had underneath its umbrella for the first time. Before that, it was just podcast and then me doing a little bit of personal training on the side. So there wasn't really a revenue engine. So that's the first thing with regards to like a business business growth standpoint. And the second thing is, even a year a year ago maybe, if I would have stopped doing Orange Theory and or Echelon at the time and I would have had a lot more time on my hands, I wouldn't have known exactly how to utilize that time optimally. And so me needing to gain clarity as to how I can use my time optimally when now I do have more freed up time, now that I do know how to spend it, I want it, <laughs> right? So I think that's a huge thing is my I wasn't person personally ready or ready from a business development standpoint. I didn't need that extra time. Now I need it. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but yeah, that totally, that totally makes sense. Um, cause I feel like as far as transitions go and things like that, the timing of a transition is really important. I feel like it's a big factor to the success of the transition, whether that's, Hey, I'm going to go off and do this thing, whether or not you have to backtrack, you know, in a couple months or whatever. And so you need, you need to feel a sense of any, with any decision that is one, not this, I'm going to do that. You need to, you need to have a feeling of the sense of the opportunity cost, right? It's like, you need to know that somebody's not going to leave the crappy job that they're in unless they have some sort of idea what they're going to do. You know, that's why so many people just stay in the job that they don't, they don't like for so long because they don't have a sense of the opportunity cost. They don't know what that current job is costing them because they don't know what it is that they're going to do after it. So if you can, you can gain clarity on what it is that you're going to do after it. It doesn't have to be pinpointed clarity, right? But some sort of clarity on what it is that you're going to do afterwards. Then you're like, oh my gosh, this is stopping me from doing that. That will motivate you hopefully enough or at least more to ditch that for this. So I think that is huge. Feeling the opportunity cost that whatever you're doing now is not allowing you to do what you actually want to do. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's spot on. I love, I was hearing someone talk about it one time. I can't remember who it was, but was talking about, I know a lot of times when people like leave their job, do something else, or we talk about making risky decisions and how the risk is always placed on 
what is that you're doing? Like the risk was for you to leave your job. Um, and they were like, there's risk in every single decision. Like it was a risk. It would have been a risk if you would have stayed at that job because you were risking, you know, getting comfortable, risking postponing, you know, following what you actually wanted for another five to 10 years, who would have known. Um, so yeah, no, I think that's so true when you get clear on, it's not, the risk is not just the change. You got to get clear on, okay, what am I giving up if I stay where I am right now? Yeah. I love it. So, all right, heading into best you only. I want to know, like, what are you most excited about moving forward? Like what the new year and new change has to bring? Being able to not coach at 5 a.m. two days. <laughs> sleeping it a little bit no um man so much i think that one of the things that comes to mind is being able to have a little bit more time for bigger picture thinking i guess and i don't know if that's exactly i think that's a little bit too narrow big picture thinking but i think that i've always felt that i'm mainly working in the business rather than on the business most of the time. And so I've just felt like everything is urgent and need to do and need to do, need to do, need to do. But I'm excited to have a little bit more space in the schedule to do things that I would currently say that I don't have time for slash just I'm not prioritizing. But I think I'm just yeah excited to have time to do other stuff. And I, that's kind of, I don't really like, that's not a very good answer. It's not a very entertaining answer. But one of the things that I think a lot of people will, I don't want people to mistake that for I will now have to work less because <laughs> this is funny. I was at home for Thanksgiving and my uncle was like, yeah, now you just get to decide how the 90 hours of work that you're going to work uh, are going to be spent rather than somebody else <laughs> deciding how they're going to, how you're going to spend them. And so, I mean, that's exactly it, right? It's like people think that entrepreneurship or having your own business is sexy and cool and the life when it's like I mean I like it but if you don't want to get up at 250 in the morning then I'm not sure I'd always recommend it to everybody I love it no I mean I think I hear what you're saying in that like you're excited to have a little bit more space I think sp I think that's that's generally what it is I think having more space because it has it has felt it has felt one thing to the next 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 a lot and it hasn't necessarily and I, I do a pretty good job of penciling in space for myself to think bigger picture and strategically that's why I think my initial description was off but just space like you said that's awesome I'm excited for you not to have to wake up it 5 a.m. to coach <laughs> a couple of days a week. I mean, I'll probably be waking up at 5, probably earlier than 5, but not 2.50 or 3. Yeah. Well, you'll just get to stare at your ceiling and think about the existential things of life versus <laughs> having to yell at people. <laughs> I really wish I had a better answer to that, but I don't. <laughs> That's <okay. laughs> like, what? Like Nick, you've got to be really excited to not be to to be going best you only. What are you most excited about? Space. God, it's boring. No, but like it's tr I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anyone that knows you knows that you like 
for so long have had the maximal amount of like, I'm not going to say productivity, but like effectiveness with your time. Like it's, it's the average Joe, I feel like is not able to pack in from on a day basis or week basis, just the things that you're able to manage in such a graceful way. And like, like you said, like you have been working in the business for a while and it's going great, like a great operator of the business. But like you said, you know that any business in order to grow needs time to step back and think about what you've been thinking about for the past couple months as far as really working on missions and values and think like that doesn't happen when you're in the in the in the middle of coaching like that has to be stuff where you take time away to actually think about where you're taking the business so yeah I think you know what you you just revealed to me that I think the thing that I'm looking forward to is feeling like a legitimate business owner Mm. because I don't think I've necessarily felt that way Ever since I started Best You, like I've, I feel like I felt like an imposter when saying I own my own business. And I don't really know why. I think it's just because I'd never done it before and I have never been able to focus on things that business owners should focus on. And so I'm excited to feel like a more strategic business owner. I appreciate you helping me get there. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's exactly what it is, though. It's a little exactly what it is. Yeah, you're going to, like, super own your own business now. It's going to be so exciting. Man. So I guess looking back on, you know, your career, your seven-year, yeah, a little over a seven-year career as a group fitness instructor, and that's not something you're going to stop doing with Best You, but Orange Theory Echelon, training camp, all that kind of stuff. What do you feel like is one of the biggest lessons you've learned from coaching group fitness? We'll be back to the interview in just a second, but first I wanted to share some words from a participant of the 10-week transformation. At Best U, we started running the 10WT back in January of 2020 and have since had 313 people and counting go through it. They've seen their bodies get stronger than ever before, they've seen the stubborn fat finally come off, and they've seen their habits dramatically improve. And honestly, more than anything, they've seen their self-confidence skyrocket. If you want to learn more about the 10-week transformation, then you can go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT. That's nickcarrier.com slash the number 10WT. We'll get back to the show in just a second, but first, here's what they had to say. My name is Carly, and I joined Nick's 10-week program because I loved his coaching style at Orange Theory, and I really felt like I could get a good 10 weeks in with it. My goals were to just become stronger and become more dedicated to my workouts. And um, I've definitely been on my way to achieving them. I've noticed some muscle growth, um, so it's been awesome. My favorite part of the program is just the community of girls. I'm a group of all girls and just having Nick coach me the one-on-one. I love his technique point outs and fixing my form and all of that. So it's just kind of that more one-on-one feel. You should join Nick's 10-week program. It's not what you do, it's how you do it. No doubt. No doubt. And that was the biggest lesson that I learned from the project of 52 gyms in 52 weeks in 2019. And the thing that I love about the lesson is it's so much bigger than just fitness. And so I'll take a a step back and describe it's not what you do, it's how you do it. And when I did 52 gyms in 52 weeks, and any of you guys who have been to different gyms before 
all of you have, if you've been to multiple gyms, there are people at the gym who are very in shape. There are also people at the gym who are very not in shape. And the extremes probably have very different levels of consistency and action. But then there's also people who are in good shape and people who are in not good shape who show up each four times a week. There are just people who show up with the same level of consistency but have very different results. And now there's obviously a lot of factors when it comes to health and fitness results. There's nutrition, there's sleep, there's hydration, there's all of these things. However, one of the biggest factors that you can control is how you do what you do. And so, I mean, I personally, I've just, like I said, I've been coaching in Orange Theory for seven years and I've seen people who have stayed consistent with it four or five years. And I've seen two different people, I'm not pointing out anyone in particular, but I just know there's two people that I've been able to see for five years, one who has a certain level of results and one who just does not. And they both have the same level of consistency. It's because one goes in with intentionality and focus and effort and the other person goes through the motions. And so it's not just about doing Orange Theory four times a week. It's not just about showing up for something four times a week. It's about showing up with intentionality and effort and focus. And so the biggest lesson is that almost any single workout will allow you to improve your health and fitness. It can be a vehicle to allow you to improve your health and fitness, but whether or not you actually utilize that vehicle to its utmost potential, that is up to you. And that's a refreshing thing because oftentimes people will complain about a workout or complain about a trainer not being as good of a workout or as good of a trainer as it could be. And there's probably some legitimacy to it. But you actually have a lot of ownership and you actually have a lot of responsibility for whether or not that workout is going to be effective or not. And that's one thing that I say, especially in echelon workouts, is I'm running on the treadmill or I'm we're lifting weights and I'm like, look, I can come in with a super intentional game plan, and I do. I come in with a game plan that's going to be really intentional. It's going to allow you to improve in a particular way. But whether or not you actually make that improvement, it's 90% up to you, and it's going to be how you show up, whether you show up and just kind of go through the motions or you actually bring it. And so, as you know, Vanessa, and as a lot of people know, I, that's why I say show up and show out. If you just show up and go through the motions, that might be okay to keep you where you're at, and if you want to stay where you're at, then by all means, stay where you're at and be mediocre. But if you're trying to improve and get closer to your goals and get closer to the best version of yourself, then you need to show up and show out on a consistent basis. The last thing I'll say on it is like, and I say this at Echelon a decent amount, is Tiger Woods didn't go to the driving range just to hit 100 balls. Roger Federer didn't go practice just to hit 5,000 balls. Michael Jordan didn't go to basketball practice just to shoot a thousand free throws. When they went, they practiced the same routine and they were intentional about it and they were thoughtful about it and they brought a lot of effort day in and day out and they did not take days off. I think I really think that's the one of the biggest mindset differences between the great and the people underneath them is the people who are great don't look for excuses to take days off. They don't look for, oh, like I'm sore. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, the weather's not very good, so I'm just going to kind of go through the motions or take today off. It's like, no, you have to, if you're looking to get 
to the top of whatever it is that you're doing. You've got to find a way to muster it up and show up and show out on a regular basis or else you're just always not going to get to the top. I mean, mic drop right there. I mean, I think we could just <laughs> in the show. Um, it's so true. It is so, that is so, so, so true. And even just, I mean, one of my favorite things that you say too is like, you're always talking about, it's not just about how you do or what you do. It's about how you do and not just about how you do it, but how you do it even when you're uncomfortable. Like, I feel like that is the extra like good to great of like, you know, the eh, just show up, the good show out, but the great, you know, show out even when they're sore, even when they didn't get that much sleep last night. Like, yeah. still yeah. coming with that level of intentionality, which. And like, I think a lot of people relate to when I give this example is when people go in for a workout. And I know I, I have this. You bust your butt for 45 minutes and then it gets to the last five minutes and you're kind of like, I've done pretty good. I can just kind of get a couple more reps in and do a little bit of this and do a little bit of that, but but I'm good. I, I've put enough good work in now, but it's like one of the things you hear me say a lot is you can't get complacent with the work you've already put in. You see the oppor- you have to see the opportunity and the work that lies ahead. And that's why I brought it up because you have to take pride in how you do what you do when you get uncomfortable. At the end of something, when you're tired, when you when it is more difficult to stay focused, you have to take pride in every single thing that you do. And then I think the last thing that is related to this or on this topic is how you do one thing is how you do everything. If you feel like I'm just showing up in my workout, but the other areas of life, I'm really bringing it. You're probably not like the people that leave a workout a few minutes early are the same people who leave work a few minutes early. And that is both detrimental from a personal reputation standpoint, both with the reputation that you have with yourself and the reputation that you have with other people. So like, be careful with how you're doing one thing. Be careful with how you're showing up for your workouts because it's going to bleed into how you show up into different areas as well. So good. So good. Um, well, I think I'm coming to close to the end of my um, questions. I I do want, as you, you know, there's a couple more weeks left um, in the year, a couple more weeks of coaching and kind of soaking in the last few bit of this, this chapter that you've been uh, in. But I want to ask you if there's like any, not charge, I guess a charge is the best word to say for those who have been with you, who have been in your classes, all following you throughout the years. I mean, people are still going to be with you, um, coming events and 10 week transformations and things like that. But if you could like give your group fitness peeps a little charge moving forward as they finish the year, as you finish the year, as they head into kind of going on to whatever their next steps in their fitness journey looks like, what would you share with them? I would say that whatever your next steps are that you take, make sure they're the next steps because you want to take them. Especially going into the new year, when we set goals, it can be really easy to set a goal quickly because we feel like trying to figure out what the right goal is for us is just can just be a waste of time and 
we're not going to end up coming up with the right thing. And so people will adopt the goal that somebody else has previously set. And so if you're going into 2023, the best example of this is a lot of people at the beginning of the year are going to be like, I want to run a 10K. I want to run a 5K. I want to do a half marathon, whatever it is. They'll set a running goal. And then they get three weeks into January and they realize they hate running. And I'm like, why did you set a running goal? So my point is people will jump to creating a goal very quickly just for the sake of having set one. So now I've checked that off. I've set a goal for myself, but it doesn't actually align with who they are, what they enjoy and what their values are. So don't adopt the goal of somebody else out of laziness. Really dig deep and have a conversation with with yourself as to what the appropriate goal is for you at this season of your life. I think that is the biggest thing that I would say is be intentional with whatever goal it is that you set for yourself moving forward. Like with the whole goal with going best you only. Some people may, may have said I should have done it a year ago and maybe I should have done it a year ago. But for me, it feels very intentional to be doing it now at this time during this season of my life. I love it. I love the word that you use. I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily a positive word, but talking about adopting other people's goals out of laziness. Like, I feel like we often say, don't adopt to other people's goals out of like comparison. Like, don't feel like you got to be like them, but adopting someone else's goal is, can also very much be a not wanting to take on the hard work of figuring out what actually you need to do. Um, mm-hmm. and where you're wanting to go and bring it back to what you're saying at the beginning about gaining clarity and like figure out what is your thing, what you need to do and do it. Um, so I think that's a great, and it's the, the great thing about it too is when you are able to build your goal yourself, you're going to take that much more ownership over the success of it. And you know, you've been around me f- so much about my goal setting process. I've been around you for your goal setting process in the different areas of your life. And you've had some very creative ways of setting goals for yourself. And that took time. Like it, it, it wasn't. Like you were able to come up with exactly what the result of the goal should look like overnight. It's hard. It takes time and it takes thoughtfulness to be able to really figure out what a goal should look like for you and something that is engaging to you and something that actually leads you to a result that you value. And so it's very hard to sit down with a pencil and paper and think about what it is that you want. But but it's what it's that work that will allow you to actually be consistent moving forward. If you can identify something that really has value to you and something that you deep down care about, then you're going to be that much more likely to take action on it, especially because there's going to be unexpected challenges and obstacles and lack of time that gets in the way. And so if you don't really care about it, well, you're probably going to stop it when it starts raining outside. You're probably going to stop it when you your car battery dies and you have to go get you have to get a new car or whatever it is. Like 
You got to find something that's valuable to you. 100%. 100%. Well, before I ask the last question, Nick, I just want to acknowledge you because it has been so fun to have a front row seat over the past year, year and a half that I've been on the Best You team to see um, you grow and this business grow. And it's just really amazing what it is that you're doing and things that have now being the product of decisions you've made in your life several years ago. Um, and it's just amazing to see you grow as a coach and as a mentor and just the way that you're able to impact people. I know just the thousands of people who have been in your classes, who've had the pleasure of being coached by you, they're forever changed and you will be missed in your other arenas. But I know I can speak for everyone to say that we are very excited for where it is that you are going. I know I personally would not be the person that I am today without you. And so I'm very thankful for you and appreciative um, of all that you do for everyone. And we're rooting you on as you head into this next next chapter. Well, I appreciate it. And I'm going to flip it back to you real quick to you as well and acknowledge you. So for those of you guys who do not know who are listening, Vanessa was one of my personal training clients back in the basically summer of 2020 and ever since has become a personal trainer herself and a member of the Best You team and Best You and I would not be where it is and I am today without Vanessa from a lot of different standpoints but the thing that I know that I've learned most from Vanessa is the treatment of other people and how to treat other people in a way to make them feel special. And so I'm not great at it, but I definitely think about it a whole lot more <laughs> by being surrounded by you more. So I acknowledge you as well. Well, thank you. I'd say you're decent at it. You're, you give yourself more credit than that. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, it would not be the best you podcast if I did not finish off asking you your question that you've asked hundreds and hundreds of times. And now you get to answer it. Um, so you know that getting closer to the best version of yourself is both a constant journey and a unique journey. We're never quite at the best version of ourselves. And the way that I'm going to get close to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get to the best version of yourself. So for you personally, what are three things that you could currently do or currently work on to get closer to the best version of Nick Care that you could possibly be? I'm going to say them quickly and then address them one by one briefly. So clarity, curiosity, and focus. Clarity being those of you guys who have listened to the podcast before, clarity is the first step in getting closer to the best version of yourself. Trying to figure out where it is that you're supposed to go and who it is that you're supposed to come. And it's a continual, continual process that you are going through as you go throughout life. You are trying to figure out what that last mountaintop is that you're going to. And as you get closer to it, you are given the information that, yes, that is the right mountaintop that you're supposed to be going to, so keep going. Or, no, that's not the right mountaintop. Take a little pivot. And then over and over again, you continually gain clarity on where it is that you're supposed to go and who it is that you're supposed to do supposed to be. And so attacking the clarity-finding intentionally and consistently is what I need to continue to do. So clarity. Number two is curiosity. 
And I say curiosity because I believe that curiosity is a skill that is can anybody actually can develop. I think there are certain people who are naturally more curious than others, but I think that if you find something you're interested in and you spend time learning more about it, you'll continually get more and more curious because I really feel like the more that you learn, the more you realize you don't know a lot of things. And so if you learn a little bit, then you realize, oh my gosh, there's even more I can learn. And then you'll realize there's even more I can learn. And so if you can continue to stay curious, that is kind of a funnel or an avenue for inevitable growth and inevitable knowledge acquisition. And the last one is focus. And that kind of comes down to this deci- comes down to this decision, right? Is up to this point, my focus and I was just talking to somebody this morning about it. I'm I pride myself on being an unbelievably focused individual. The way that I've been playing out that most over the last five years is I'll tell myself what I need to do today and I'll hone in and I'll focus and I'll make sure that that gets done. But I haven't been as good as making sure that everything that I'm focused on doing today, it's all moving me in the same direction. Like my focus on the bigger picture hasn't been present from the standpoint of a lot of the actions that I've taken have been moving in a lot of different directions. But if I can put sole focus in one direction, then that will allow me to move more quickly and effectively. So, clarity, curiosity, and focus. Let's go! <laughs> Let's go. That's three awesome things. Well, th- thanks for letting me <laughs> pop in and interview you. And I think this is going to be so fun. Um, it's breakout year. Can't breakout wait. Twenty twenty three is going to be a blast. Twenty twenty three ain't ready, baby. <laughs> He's I love have to it. Turn that thanks, Nick. <laughs> Uh, Thanks, Vanessa. Man, that was such a blast to do with the one and only Vanessa Harris. I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. And for those of you who have taken my Echelon classes and to those of you who have taken my Orange Theory classes, I, just like I said in my social media post, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for providing me with the motivation to coach day in and day out. I'm a pretty internally self-motivated kind of guy, but when I see somebody else who does difficult things and show ups consistently, and not just shows up consistently, but shows out consistently as well and puts themselves outside of their comfort zone for the sake of growth. That is my favorite thing to see in another human being is intentionally putting yourself outside of your comfort zone for the sake of growth. And that's what you guys have done to such a high degree and such a high level over the last number of years that I've been working with you. So I really appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. I hope it gave you a little bit more clarity on my decision to work for Best You Only. And I hope it gave you a little bit more clarity on some decisions that you can make in your life and and whether or not they are the right decisions at the right time. So I hope you guys enjoyed today. But for now, it's time to go out and take action. It's time to be intentional about everything that you do. It's time to intentionally gain clarity as to what the next steps are for yourself. But remember, you don't need to know steps one through 99 in order to take step one. You only need to know step one. And then the future steps will reveal themselves to you moving forward. It's also, it's time 
to be curious. It's time to dedicate yourself to learning. It's time to dedicate yourself to further growth, further development, and further knowledge acquisition. And then lastly, it's time to focus. Heading into 2023, we can think of so many different things that that we want to do, but we can't do all of them. We can do whatever we want to do, but we can't do everything. We have to decide on what is the most important thing for us to do now. What's the most important needle for us to move now? Focus in on it, and then you can decide to switch goals after that, but focus on one at a time because that's what's going to allow you to get closer and closer to your best you.